President Donald Trump had a whirlwind visit to California recently. Governor Gavin Newsom tells CalPERS and CalSTRS to favor green investments and the latest climate change order. And did California just abolish single-family zoning? That's what's coming up in this week's episode of California Streaming. This is the California Streaming Podcast with your hosts, Bobby, Jonathan, and Louie. We're three conservative California natives putting ridiculous state and local politics on blast. So hop on our magic bullet train to nowhere, and let's talk some California politics. Talk about bullet train, Louie. I know you're distraught when I sent you that text message. I'm so depressed that (laughs) we thought we had a privately funded bullet train from here to Vegas. It's something I've always wanted. I've always been a champion of. You have. You've been pretty clear on that. I'm like, that's a booze train is something I can get behind. In L.A., coming from a super populated area, you'd think demand, ridership, right? It all kind of oh, makes sense. Tons of flights from Burbank. to That Southwest flight from right. Burbank to Vegas <laughs> is that's what it's known for, right? You get <laughs> right. there in 45 minutes or whatever. And we thought we had everything put together on the last episode. Right. One of the last episodes that it was going to be privately funded. It all lined up. It was up. going to be like $6 billion, but privately funded. I was going funded. to Victorville. And then, but, and then what happened, Louie? It became taxpayer subsidized. Aww. Boo. So does this Man. mean I, I win the argument overall? So sad. So what, sad. What was your argument? I don't know. I don't remember. Super Something sad. about just wait until California gets its hands on it. I, lo- I love the bait and switch of it. Oh, no, totally. Right? The whole article is about how amazing this is about privately funded railroad. And then it ends up being subsidized. It brings up an interesting question, almost, I mean, an unanswerable question, but it brings up an interesting question. Can projects of that magnitude now, given all of the marginal efforts, red tape, et cetera, can you actually do that kind of stuff now without government I've always, support involvement of that kind? That's of a great question. And I've always wondered... How much of the funding, the tax of the public funding side feeds its own problems, right? Like okay. the permitting and yep. the regulations. Yep. How much of the tax money is just going back into the government because Such of all the regulation wrapped up into it? Is that why it's cost prohibitive? Totally. I can't, I can't imagine the supply part or the actual building part uh, is, right. is That's the right. billions. That's right. That's right. Right? I mean... Well, especially because the, they were going to make use of, uh, at least maybe in portions in the Victorville area, et cetera. But you're talking about an an area that there's a lot of space, right? Well, yeah, you're just a, a ton of space. It's dead space. <laughs> right. <laughs> flat. You're a lot putting of in flat. some track right. and running cars on it. Like, you can't tell me. it. There's no stops. Right? Oh, you're not right. building a bunch of platforms <laughs> right. and stations. Right. Like where you are you to, stopping? Yeah, right. where, where are you going? You yeah. get on and you only want to get off at Las Vegas. <laughs> right. Needles? No. no. <laughs> Pass. Barstow. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> Maybe stop at the in and out there. Uh or the outlets in oh, Cabazon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, how much of that is how do we get to six billion or whatever on that project to begin with? And how much of that is the result of government's intervention? Totally. Was you know that there's some the entire time? Well, you know there's some endangered horn frog or some desert frog that they've got to build around. <laughs> Environmental studies, or, Woo! The, or they'll find it. Right? If there's none known yet, 
oh, they're yeah. going to find There's the three-legged <laughs> right. desert frog that is only in this one area. Here's another boondoggle for you because we're talking about another boondoggle. Uh, Los Angeles, they're going to build a wildlife bridge. I don't know if you heard about this one. I is, did is that not, over, over sounds... the five by Griffith Park? Exactly. I've been watching this thing get built uh, on the oh, five well, south across oh, the Griffith Park. I don't think Park. that's it because they just proposed it like the other week. Okay. Yeah. What's well, a wildlife bridge? Okay. So I, I'll, I'll you've, you've been bait. on, I think it's going to be on the five, if I'm correct. It might be the 405, but either way. Um, a 10 see. lane highway. A 10-lane highway. That does not currently exist? That currently exists. Okay. Is separating one side of wildlife from another. In the L.A. area? In the L.A. area. It is the world's largest wildlife bridge across a 10-lane freeway. That's right. So they're going to go in up and in the opposite direction to connect one wildlife area to the other because too many animals are, you know, biting the big one. Causing accidents, oh. or so they say. So this looks like it's actually like over the Sepulveda Pass, mm-hmm. around oh. there, over the over uh, over the one hundred and one. So really, it's this bridge is proposed at eighty-seven million dollars. Oh, you can easily quadruple that. But we're uh, we the taxpayers are only on the hook for about twenty. Oh, so it's a deal. <laughs> Where, where's so the other? it's privately funded, which sure was, it is. Yeah, mm, sure it is. Sure it Until is. Until they run out of money, and then we have this big hanging thing. Okay, I could get on board with this if you're telling me that like I'm going to be able to drive under some giraffe and elephants. <laughs> as, as Discount I go on the wildlife safari. You know what I mean? Like, I could. That'd be kind of cool. I could get behind that. I'm on the 101. It's kind of dusk. You know, I'm a little bored in traffic. And I can look up and see like some elephants spraying each other and like a giraffe like looking around. Cool. I'm so, a, I might be able to do that. So the article, I'm reading it, I think it's from the LA Times here. It says the project has received attention from Kansas to Hong Kong. Leonardo DiCaprio has been a big supporter. Of there course. No way. It talks about how LA is, you know, built of, uh, comprised of 4 million people and 300,000 cars will travel under this particular stretch every day. And then it says the overwhelming support was 9,000 positive comments and 15 negative ones. 9,000, we'll say 9,015 total in a sample of 4 million people. Seems pretty inconsequential. <laughs> it's probably because they didn't know it was being proposed. Right. Uh, besides Only certain that, people yeah. got the hearing notice. I mean, my statistics isn't very good, but I think I'm getting this right when I say the size of that sample is probably not approaching the population. Here, I have the I have the picture of the artist's rendition of what it's going to look like, and it's absolutely nothing when compared to what people might interpret. That thing's thing. going to cost eighty seven million dollars. That thing. So it's, that's a joke. It's, it's a o- joke. It's over the one hundred and one out towards Agoura Hills, Calabasas, right? So it connects yeah. the Santa Monica Mountains from yeah. The chunk divided by the freeway to the chunk that goes to Malibu. Right. right. So that the animals, the mountain lion, Most, yeah. can cross. Whatever animal. P24 I mean, like, or whatever the, Canada, the tracking number was. Canada has this. Uh, they, they have a boondoggle just as ludicrous as this, but not as expensive. It was meant well, it's for... in Canadian dollars, Bobby? It's Canadian dollars. It was $2 million Canadian. <laughs> and they spent the money on a Duck squirrel ball. land bridge. Squirrel. Squirrels. How how big is that bridge for a squirrel? <laughs> it's it's not big enough for mankind to go uh, playing around on it. Did someone do that? Someone did that. Oh, no. They used taxpayer money, and it's one of the l- biggest jokes of Canada because to date, 
no squirrel has ever used that bridge. How long until this bridge is all tagged up and stuff like every oh. other bridge? Or, or somebody jumps off it. Two minutes after the ribbon's cut. Maybe three. What a waste. Don't worry. We'll put barbed wire around it just to make sure that that doesn't happen. Right. It'll make the area look really nice. Yeah. Switch, switch, switch gears. One, one, one more. One more. At least one more. Um, Hillary. You know, I, I, I thought of Bobby. I got to give it to Bobby because she's on a listening tour. It's official. Mm-hmm. She wants to hear from people around the country. Yeah, it's good. It's good news. It's good news. So you can see how it's all folding. I mean, Bobby, you know, I, you can see how it's all folding. It's there's a non-zero chance. Here, we, if, we you're got new, this. if you're a new listener, yeah, Bobby's theory is that at some point Hillary's going to jump into the presidential race. That's, That's the right. basic crux of it. That's, That's right. basic crux of it, and you can see it now. Like the. There's an impeachment inquiry that's happening because the president had a conversation and the person who's the whistleblower who wasn't actually there but doesn't like the president put in this blah, 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 blah. And now we're going to have an impeachment hearing, which is all going to be bunked because come Thursday, uh, the transcripts coming, the transcripts out, coming right? out and it's going to show that he had no such conversation. But the conversation that we have been having is Biden and Biden's son having really shady deals and that might be enough that he bows out being the front runner for the democrat party ticket he Mm. might bow out i mean he's bowed out before twice why not on this big ass scandal interesting and you think he'll do a wwf tag team hillary she's in yeah interesting yeah because what do you got left you got elizabeth warren who's gonna run away with it and bernie sanders who might get a lot of supporters. You never know. I don't know what the number is going to come out. <laughs> and these are the two worst people for the Democrats to be the front runners. I would agree. Uh, that does and not. And they are going to be in panic mode, and they're going to run for Hillary. They're going to beg her to run. I tell you, it does. It's getting. It's not a slam dunk, obviously, mm-hmm. by any means. But with each episode that goes by, it's it's, it's scary. not it's not diminishing in its chances. Yeah. I would say it's scary. She's right? still trying to remain relevant enough oh, to so dip sad. her toes in. So I sad. I still say we're waiting for AG Barr's report, and I suspect that there will be a lot of uh, slaps on the hands. Some people will probably go to jail for you some think? of the things, but Hillary will escape all the issues. She will escape them all, every single one of Nothing them. Nothing ever happens. Yeah, and which At reminded all. me, she has plenty of fall people, which he, which was classic because today Pelosi says, as they're as they're bringing this investigation of impeachment, quote, because nobody is above the law. And I heard that, and I'm thinking, are, are, the, are you you can really say that with like a serious face? Yeah, the people in Congress, the people in the Senate, nobody's above the law. Give me a break. Yeah, yeah, investigate her dealings with the uh, Charlie Tuna people, but whatever. Whatever, that's Bridge Under the Water. That's old news. Bridge Who cares? Wildlife Bridge. Oh, uh, there you go. Over the freeway. But we should change that. Thank you. Topic time. Guys, this is pretty cool because rarely, I mean, they rip them a lot, but we often don't get to talk about Trump in the context of California. Right. So I thought this one was a kind of a cool opportunity. Trump in Wonderland. It's true. The guy actually, and, and it's funny. So 
The headline, President Trump's whirlwind trip to California, comes from uh, California Globe. But this story is actually just a bunch of linked stories to all, a lot of AP stories and newspapers around the country. So I just wanted to kind of touch on the three main topics he talked about and just kind of visit and just talk about just a kind of a round table about some of the things he was saying in the light of what we've been saying on the, sh- on the show. Um, but it's funny, if I understand correctly, they kept his schedule and where he was going to land at what time they kept that thing like extremely close to the vest. Cause I think they knew yeah. they didn't want massive protesters. Yeah. I was, I was actually asking around. I was going, well, where's he going? Really? Where's he going? Where's he going? And everybody was like, we don't know. We didn't know he was coming. Yeah. I go, Oh, okay. Well, I know he's here. And he seemed to come in and leave without too much altercation. Yeah. Right? I mean, unless you were following the news, you probably knew he was here. Right. You know, sort of uh, felt like he was kind of downtown for most of it, I feel like. But he was definitely here. And I've got some quotes from President Trump. Mm. Okay. First one. And he he wanted to tackle homelessness. As we know, that's kind of a topic we've talked about. It's an issue here in California, for Mm -hmm. those of you that don't know. Uh, First quote, quote, we can't let Los Angeles, San Francisco and numerous other cities destroy themselves by allowing what's happening. Trump said aboard Air Force One. He said police officers on the beat are getting sick and the tenants want to move because of the homeless problem. Quote, the people of San Francisco are fed up and the people of Los Angeles are fed up and we're looking at it and we will be doing something about it at the appropriate time. Now, to be honest, right, this is classic Trump. Mm. I mean, we would agree and like we talk about on the show, there's a lot of stuff people just don't know what to do. This is the same in his discussion, I mean, of most politicians will will probably say the same thing on the right. stump. You know, they'll go out there and go, "We're going to solve." But he's never really thing. been a okay right. agreed. But he's also never really been a classic stump kind of. I've got a canned, mm-hmm. prepped thing I'm going to say to you during right. this press conference. Mm-hmm. At least, that's not how it struck me. I think there's a giant chunk of people that are okay with it, though. Do you? It's interesting. Yeah, I. They're okay with like the tent cities in LA. Yeah, I, I think there's this really. Uh, there's definitely the side that doesn't like it, right? There's the business owners. There's sure. yeah. the, the lady big, in Sacramento who had to, her her cosmetology business. Um, right, she had to move because they were camped out in front of it. Right, and, and then there's the people that don't like seeing uh, their area devalued or the the property crimes go up and uh-huh. stuff like that. But if you look at San Francisco, it's something like the three largest law firms up there represent and lobby for the homeless. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's this giant, people aren't outraged enough to like, it's not like you see any kind of vigilante warfare. You just see people, some people casually complaining. And then there's a giant chunk of the, the liberal side of the world that, well, just let them, let them be, or let's give them Let's give them more stuff. That's, I didn't realize yeah. Santa Barbara County, for instance, mm-hmm. has this big book they publish that tells people all the different places in the county that give away free food, free clothes, mm-hmm. the hours and the times. And so if you go to this church on Mondays, you get free dinner there. And if you go to this place on Wednesdays, you get free lunch. And so many people use that book as just their way of getting through the week. And I've heard, I've heard multiple people say it. Signs that people hold up in Santa Barbara County that say hungry, need food, you can get three squares mm-hmm. a day every day. That, 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 that's not the problem. 
So to your point, it's right. it's yeah. very accessible. Absolutely. Let me pile on to what you're uh, with a real pile world. On, Bob. Uh, this happened to me yesterday, and uh, a gentleman who's running for city council, he's actually a city council member uh, right now in my area. I was just coming out of my house, and there he was. He was out, you know, giving out the flyers, knocking on doors. And he knows who I am because because you're Queso Grande. Because me. Anyway, he was asking me about, you know, to support him for his reelection. And I said, I, I walked down to the, to the sidewalk from out of my driveway and I pointed down the street and I said, you see those guys standing right there, standing right there, sitting on that gas meter. I said, those guys are lookouts for the gangs because in the creek, they're cooking meth. And they've been there for weeks and they've not done a damn thing. And not only are there people in there cooking meth, but there's also homeless people sleeping in there. And that's the reason why the police don't go in there and start cleaning up the, the creek. And he goes, I had no idea this was happening. And I said, I know. And you're running for city council. I go, I know. And you know what? Perfect. The rest of the city council doesn't know what's happening. The police do. <laughs> that's true. Bobby's bringing the knowledge right now. I said, come on. You you want my support? I don't want to give it to you. Well, yeah. You know the 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 whole city's ran by all Democrats. If, if he he's probably the least of the Democrats, a little bit more fiscally responsible. But but, but still, if you're showing up at my doorstep not prepared for that fight, what are you prepared for? Nobody wants to fix it. No, there's there's yet to be any kind of solution, and we all know the real solution: not enough housing and not enough affordable housing. Even even if you got all these people up on their feet, right? You gave them all a golden parachute. You don't have enough places to house them. That, like that, that are still accessible. The, right. right. That you're still going to always go back to that problem. There's not enough places to house everybody. And then you've got a certain chunk of people that are choosing to just live a life of homelessness. Yeah. Because why not? The, the LA Times... When I was reading one of their articles, they came out with a nugget. They didn't source where they got the figure from. Of but course. They, but they said... <laughs> that would make it more difficult. Well, well, no. It's even worse than I think because they quoted that California has 47% of the nation's homeless. Oh, I believe that. And I went, I, I want to know where they got that number from because they didn't source it in the... But when, we, when I, I do know the statistic from HUD from 2018 which was we have 28% of the homeless in the nation. And I'm pretty sure we could easily say it's a third. Easy. But has it gotten so bad from just the beginning, of, the beginning of the year till now where we can now claim half? That might be, I agree, that might be aggressive. But still, we at least have a third. Climate alone. Well, well I think climate's the big part. I mean, right. I think it's pretty hard to be homeless in places like Michigan, Indiana, oh. at least half the year. I, I, I kid you not. I went to uh, school in the Northeast for two years in New Hampshire. I, I cannot recall seeing. I seriously, I can't recall seeing a single. Hold yeah, because how would you? In, how in the world would you stay out at night? Or, or you look at the super hot parts of Texas and Arizona, right. New Mexico. Right. Probably not a lot of people living on the streets there. Right. You just can't. It's either super cold no. or it's super hot. Almost impossible. Out here, though, you can, I mean, we get, you know, four days of rain most years, and we do have some 100-degree days, but you can really, there are places in the state where it doesn't get that warm, you know? You can live pretty pretty comfortably outside. It's true. Shocker. I want to shine some light and give a little applause 
to San Diego because when it comes to homelessness, we don't really mention San Diego. But for this year, they've actually driven down their homeless rate 6%. Interesting. Will they kick them to the IE? Because, <laughs> well, I, let me just read one quick stat. Because there was a White House report during this whole trip, right. and they came out and said on homelessness that San Diego's homeless population could drop 38% by cutting housing regulations and suggest that shelters are responsible for increasing rather than reducing homelessness. So they target San Diego, the White House has, because maybe they see, that's interesting, maybe they see some of the progress. Well, Falconer is doing about. some fantastic things over there. Um, their entire homeless population is less than 5,000 people. That's unbelievable for the size of... For the size of San Diego, and when compared to San Francisco, who's like 80,000 people. Well, and you wonder if the drive for that was they dealt with a ton of disease amongst their homeless camps. That's exactly camps why they got their year. act together. Right. Yes, that is exactly why. You, you, were, you were there not that long ago, right, uh, Louis? Did, did you notice, did it seem improved or better than a standard, like, large well, I think California when you're city? downtown anywhere... Yeah, you just have a certain element yeah, to it, that's you true. know. But that's true. Uh, they dealt with, yeah, with hepatitis and and the comeback of a lot of these diseases we hadn't seen in a while. Yeah, on the street, you know. So I think they were forced to come up with a solution to it, right? Because it was a health crisis. I got people telling me now I need to look at take, getting Hep A shots, and we talked about on the previous episode leprosy is making it. I mean leprosy people. <laughs> yeah. It's making a comeback. Biblical, yeah, we're biblical in the, issues. We're like the Old Testament. You know, <laughs> right. how do you how do you handle this? Well, I don't know. It's in it's in Exodus, or you know, <laughs> yeah. read Exodus. You take your firstborn. Oh, like, no, right. no, that's yeah, not good. What were some of the other things you talked about? Uh, this one now, this was a good spin. Kind of an only Trump can come up with spin. EPA action against San Francisco. <laughs> He's accusing the city of allowing a tremendous amount of waste, including needles, to go through storm drains into the ocean. Kind of, kind of yeah. a creative angle here, <laughs> it's right? Creative. It's a creative angle. He really worked him on that one. Quote, it's a terrible situation that's in Los Angeles and in San Francisco. It's so funny. This guy knows those cities will never vote for him anyway, so right. he doesn't care. Um, quote, and we're going to be giving San Francisco, they're in total violation. We're going to be giving them a notice very soon. <laughs> they have to clean it up. We can't have our cities going to hell. It's a Trump quote directly. London Breed, the oh. mayor... Right. She had to respond. Of San Francisco. Of, of San Fran. Yeah. That's right. She hit back at Trump over his remarks, arguing that the city was doing its part to try and address its homeless population by investing in shelter beds and mental health services. Mm. Seems successful so yeah, far. They're doing good. Yeah. The third one, kind of another interesting little slappy slap. California's authority to set auto standards. Yeah, I know this, 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 this was a big thing. We talked about it a couple this times. This is kind yeah. of a big thing. So Trump is expected to revoke a rule that allowed California to set its own tougher vehicle emission standards than those required by the federal government. They've relied on this waiver for decades. Now, our favorite governor, Gavin Newsom, comes back with the following. California won't ever wait for permission from Washington to protect the health and safety of children and families. While the White House has abdicated its responsibility to the rest of the world on cutting emissions and flighting global warming, California has stepped up and then he goes on for more stuff so i i also pulled here's just like a little interesting quick background on how this all came to be until president obama in 2011 um, set the most aggressive fuel economy targets in the industry's history automakers had to sell cars with a different emissions equipment 
in California. Right. Right. We've known that for... Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, the, the cost of buying a car here is more expensive because they have the California mission package. Exactly. Um, in the 90s, California began requiring automakers to sell what's known as compliance cars, to your point. Uh, to enforce compliance, California created a private cap and trade market. Most automa- automakers with Tesla being an exception, they haven't been able to meet these requirements without trading these credits, right? So they set these standards here in the state super high. And I think Trump is coming along, right, and saying any sort of special deals and, you know, um, setting it so everyone has to, whatever California does defines it for everybody, he's saying forget all that. Well, and on top of that, you've got that, um, you have to get your car smogged. Right. Was Correct. it after, after 10 years, you got to get smog uh, every six years. Oh, six years. Every year after six years now? No, every, it's every, every other every year. year. That's right. After six years. Six years. Yep. And yep. you can't run without a catalytic converter. And no more rolling grandfathering, right? They froze it. Right. So every car now back to, I Look, forget. Yeah. California completely lost me when they started requiring a smog on a diesel engine. Oh. It's a visual inspection at that. There is no <laughs> test done, right? But you pay the fee and you get a visual inspection done of your exhaust and a, system. And a thumbs up. Right, because the diesel won't ever pass the smog standard. I no, mean, it, it no. is what it is, right? Yeah, well, on top uh, of that, they're now requiring it for big rigs because they, they were exempt from it for, right. to begin with. And the reason why they were exempt was because, you know, big unions. They were all for the unions. Oh, of and course. now, of course. Now, the liberal Democrats are stepping away from uh, unions now. It's really apparent to me now that they're stepping away from those unions and saying, you know what? We're just going to do what we feel like, and we don't need your big special union money for re-elections, and thank you very much. Have a nice day. I've always wondered if you know, a lot of this law gets the credit for bringing down L.A.'s horrible smog problem in the 80s right. and 90s, and, and I wonder if if we have a little bit of causation correlation where it was maybe just cleaner cars being introduced in general. I've heard that. I've, I've heard if you look at trends, it was coming down previously, just right. like in cars with, you know, safe at any speed and, and Nader's book and Friedman talks about this, that car safety already was improving. Right. He just come out, comes out with the book and it continues to improve. And so to your point, well, was it the book or were there other factors that had right. already begun the improvements right you know and so i think people say well if you take away the emissions standards we're going to go back to that 1990s la smog yeah and I, cars are just so much cleaner and more efficient these days you to know which what? they would say that's because of thanks to us imposing government regulations that's up for big debate right i think if any californian sees somebody rolling down the street while they're coal rolling oh, i think yeah. they will uh, Brian Denny, uh, they'll pull him out of the truck yeah. and yeah. beat him senselessly because yeah. that's just the way we roll here in California. That ain't gonna that ain't gonna fly. Never, right? Never. He'll just he'll get some green justice. <laughs> Speaking of green, what a great transition! The next headline: Gavin Newsom tells Calpers and Calsters to favor green investments in climate change order. This is a fantastic idea. It's we, a win-win. We, we, we've we, mentioned this a few uh, yeah. times now. And we've mentioned that, well, we had a story that broke where the actual uh, board in charge of CalPERS was being accused of not being, not upholding their fiduciary responsibility to investment returns. That's right. That's exactly where this. They were making right. political investments versus this. actual mon- <laughs> financially <laughs> stable investments. That's right. 
and wondering what the legality is of your financial advisor making decisions based on their political ideology and not what makes you the best return. And now we see, huh. So this is coming like straight from the desk of Gavin. And here in a second, I'll get to his executive order that he issued. Man, I miss Jerry. Uh, Gerald. We've said it on the podcast. We're going to wish for the days of Jerry Brown. So, Maybe Gray Davis at this rate. <laughs> kind of, actually. Although he is, he's probably the father of the problems of CalPERS and CalSTRS, but that's beside the point. So Governor, Governor Gavin Newsom on Friday, so this article is on nine, uh, September 20th, he signed an executive order to leverage the might of California's $700 billion public pension funds and the state's purchasing power as a highway builder in a campaign to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. $83 billion from the University of California Retirement Plan announced that it would divest from fossil fuels. Mm. Now, they're trying to be clear. They're saying Newsom does not instruct the $380 billion California Public Employees Retirement I, I System. I read that article in a few sentences yeah. down. Yeah. Or the $237 billion California State Teachers Retirement System to pull out of oil and gas. The order directs the public pension funds to work with the Newsom administration. Is this what you're talking yes. about? Yes. To work with the administration. We're not on, telling no, no, you no, you no. have to. That's right. But you do have to work with us. Wor- work with us on an investment framework that would, quote, provide a timeline and criteria to shift, nice word, right? Shift investments to companies and industries that have greater growth potential. Wow, they must. Must have some good insight. Are here. there any any of those companies Gavin Newsom owned? <laughs> right. Just wondering. Potential based on the focus of adapting to and mitigating the impacts of climate change. And then it goes on. Treasurer Fiona uh, Ma, for right. instance, last week called for Calsters to shift six billion in fossil fuel investments to other industries. She is a member of Calsters Retirement Board and Calpers Board of Administration. Both pension funds withdrew for investments from coal to comply with a 2015 state law. So before I go into the executive order, yeah, I'm curious what you This guys, is a big deal it's, to me. It's, I, I, I'm a CalPERS see, there's, member. Now, this okay? is where it gets interesting because I'm, I, I, I'm curious what you have to say because I got my thoughts. If you're an actual member of and, and your money's on the line, what are you thinking? Well, well look, I, I think we actually have the, we have the grounds for some really good discussion here. I'm a CalPERS member. Yep. And you're a financial advisor. Yep. If a financial advisor was just personally handling my money in making decisions not based on the best financial or fiduciary responsibility to get me the best return possible, and they were inserting their own political ideologies into my my investment, what is the deal there? Okay, well, look, sorry. I'm, let me give a quick caveat. Of, I'm, nothing I'm saying here, right. right? All the caveats, nothing I'm saying is advice or recommendations, et cetera. My own just general personal opinion. But this is just John no, talking to None John. of it should be construed as any, any advice, anything to act on, et cetera. Good okay. CYA. Yeah. But in a general sense, that might, be, that might be okay if the advisor and the client are talking in full right. agreement, right? Like, right. it's hard to say that that can't be that that doesn't work, right? Right. Because if, again, maybe the maybe you, the client, want just just really love solar and thinks that's the net. Well, I may disagree, but we have conversations, and okay, then we're going to tilt portfolios, and that fine. 
Because I've got input on it, and it's coming from some of my direction. <laughs> exactly. of, hey, I don't mind the strategy. Great. But if I say, hey, I want the best return possible, and you say, well, this, this, this could get you good returns, but I'm actually going to go over here with it, just based on my ideology and not, not based on what is getting you the best returns. And that's, that's really the crux of it, because the unions have decided that you are supposed to get us, and what we agreed to was 8% return year over year. Every single year, you're supposed to get us that. And they're failing to do that. Now, don't forget, too, the other rub that comes into all this. You don't like what I'm doing as an advisor? You can fire me. Right. How do you pull your money out of CalPERS? You can't. <laughs> right. If you, work for exactly. a, if you work for a participating agency. Correct. You, you have, can't. You have no alternative. So you're being told, hey, we're going to change up the investments in a way that it'd be hard for them to argue is they, they can't use this sort of language. The, the state, the SEC bars people in the industry from using guarantees and this so will for sure. So why doesn't the SEC it's get fan, involved it's with a, this stuff? It's a fantastic question. I, I, I Truthfully, I don't know that there may be some sort of, you know, no federal when it comes to state retirement plans there. Exempt. I, I, I don't know. It's a great question because I, yeah, I continue to get more and more frustrated with us making gigantic changes to the way we do business in general without a real consensus on the whole climate deal, right? And it's not that conservatives are climate deniers. It's that they don't understand the extent at which humans have played a role because we have had a change in climate since the beginning of time. Right. And at this point, we keep putting in a ton of regulation and going to the super extreme side, uh, whether it's cap and trade or it's regulations or it's now instructing how investments will be made because of feel good emotion with without any idea or consensus in the scientific community that any of this will make any kind of difference. And it's been a while since we've talked about it on this podcast. But there is, there is innate hypocrisy within the state on this very issue. We've talked about it, but let me remind, it's been a long time. And I'm, I think I can get most of the details right. California survives by issuing bonds, municipal bonds, right? Within the covenants of the bond, within the, within the bonds prospectus, if my understanding is correct, California, let me back up, bonds get rated Right? Yeah, right. What are the chances of this getting you back? What are the chances of this surviving, et cetera? Well, you can imagine that a place, you know, California is selling bonds that are backed by, you know, economy and good things happening in the state. And in the details of the bond, if I understand correctly, they are, they are suggesting things like the, the future of, of availability of resources, et cetera. And they obviously say that. Because they want a good rating to get a low rate, et cetera. Right. Well, that flies, and, and they've actually been taken to court um, by some people in Texas over this for something. That flies directly in the face. You can't, you can't suggest that we've got a, a climate problem and that we need to change the way we invest because our state's going to be in climate disaster. But when it times to, comes time to issue a bond that you need a very low interest rate on and a high rating... We have this the, oil the, industry the, the pictures that can look, help pay yeah, the bonds. The picture's back. looking rosy. Right. You, know? you, you don't get to do both, yet they do. They try and sell us that CalPERS and Calisters has to change their entire investment philosophy or we're all going to die. 
But when we need to do a general obligation bond and raise money for California, no, 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 the state's good. We're, we'll, we'll be able to, you know, people will be able to live here, no problem. The oceans won't wipe out half the population because they're going to rise. All of that stuff seems to go away. So which is it? When we're in the world of investments, is it doomsday? Because if it's doomsday, you better start paying a higher interest rate on your bonds because they're going to get rated way lower. Well, and I, I've been starting to preach. I'll, I'll worry about the climate change once the insurance companies do. It's exactly that Because they're the first people to wig out about anything. They should and raise be, premiums right? or not cover, and they should be because right. that is what they do. They're covering based on risk assessment. That's right. But it turns out when you buy a beach house, they're not re- failing to cover you because of the rising tide level. Correct. They're still covering you like everybody else. And until they start wigging out that the, the tides are rising a quarter of a centimeter every year, then I'm not going to start waking out. So what you're saying is little little Greta is wrong? Yes. Oh, is that the 16-year-old that's the Swedish? the little 16-year-old girl with the funny face. So, wow. so you mentioned the whole notion earlier of causation, correlation, right? Right. So here's from the executive order from Gavin Newsom on this topic. Quote, California is proof that a bold climate agenda is good for the economy, for workers, for health, and for our futures, as evidenced by our state having achieved record economic growth while reaching some of the strongest climate goals in the world. So that you're, you're saying... Can we just do a segment on homelessness? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so you're saying because we've reached for the strongest climate goals, that has driven our economy? What were the climate goals? Uh, uh, like, it's a great phrase. No, of course. But uh, what, what was the quantitative figure, well, the data? Remember, we were, we're using supposed to be carbon-free by 2045. Right. And, and car, yeah, car-free. Car, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Carbon. Yeah, carbon. Wow. I couldn't tell you. I mean, it's, it's a great point, right? But the, this is what Newsom's known for, though, right? Speaking in platitudes and waving the hand. He and Bernie kind of got the hand thing going, I've noticed. Yeah. Slightly, slightly different ways they hold it, but but they both love the hand. Achieving California's climate goals will require concerted commitment and partnership by government, the private sectors, and California residents. Why does that sound back to the notion of, uh, what was the earlier verbiage, to, uh, we're going to ask them to work with the administration? Achieving climate goals will require concerted commitment and partnership by government, private sectors, and residents. It's not, it's not commitment and partnership when you force me to. By regulation, just FYI, that's not how that works. I wonder too, just the the legalities of working with a government entity that may or may not have insider information about dude, certain, dude. based on regulations and all sorts of things, and legislation that could be down the pipe to then direct an investment based on their suggestions. Do and and do they do any sort of subsidies for that industry? In order, exactly, it's super shady. It's I, it's it's why even insert yourself in that conversation. If I were a participant in Calipers or Callisters, you could make some strong grounds, I think, for starting to organize for a for some sort of a class action. I don't know what I don't know what the uh, tools they have at their disposal. Well, let me throw some nuggets at you because yeah. they're always good. This is Calisters, not Calipers. The teachers, the teachers, um, they racked up six point eight percent in returns this year, which is lower than their seven percent guarantee. And problem on top of yeah, problem. Uh, they're a smaller uh, fund as as opposed to the entire CalPERS system, because obviously there's less teachers than there are general workers in the state. But on top of that, they got a $5.1 billion cash infusion this year by Gavin Newsom because they're short. 
they're they're running out of funds, and it's getting to the scary part where we may have. How to much was the infusion? Five point one billion. It's interesting because PERS is having the same issue, mm-hmm. but the states deferred it to the backs of this, the, the municipalities mm-hmm. to come up with the uh, shortfall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we don't want to put it on the backs of the school districts. Nope. No. So the state just infused it because right. this this is like a huge block that votes for me. Don't you understand? Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Is it any more complicated than that? Any kind of union pressure? Yeah, right. No, mm. not zero. I mean, one of the biggest unions in the state. Yeah. The teachers union. One of the most powerful ones. Yep. Death to charter schools. <laughs> yeah. I, you guys want some uh, cross farm? Oh. Sure. Time for a cross farm. Fine. So let me, uh, is there Rochambeauing to see who goes uh, first? Yeah, let me yeah, explain yeah. the rules. Lay it down. So uh, we, I toss out a topic, and I and I and this one's going to be a little on the broad side, but I take a stance. The person who wins can either agree or disagree with me. The person who loses has to take the opposite I side. I keep losing. Uh, so Bobby gets to take the Louis first the stab loser. at this. So I just finished a really interesting book by Cal Newport. It was called Digital Minimalism. And he makes the case, along with other people who it's been increasingly made, that for all of the value that's discussed in terms of communication, that net-net Facebooks, Instagrams, Twitters are really, really harmful for just society, for actual relationships, for development of of teens and and people younger. I tend to agree with that. This book convinced me. I mean, I was maybe leaning that way anyways, but but this had some really good statistics. That's my position. That net-net, and I'm not getting into what should be done about them, but net-net, it's really not good for society. Bobby agree, disagree. I mean, you've got exactly the right people arguing this this point. Whereas I do have social media, but I refrain from posting my views on it. Whereas Louis loves getting into Twitter rants with random people and ending his night on good notes with winning winning these arguments that get him zero points. I like coming on to this show and moral giving out points. <laughs> moral points. I love coming on this show and handing out the nuggets so that people are well informed, and I don't have to talk to idiots uh, expressing exactly why their bumper sticker slogans don't work in real life. Mm. It these are very complicated issues that we talk about on social media, and people are just not interested in actually doing the research for themselves. They just want bumper sticker slogans. They want those. Um, they, they want those suggestions on how to vote from their favorite liberal causes. It dumbs down people from doing what they're what's necessary to learn for themselves. Mm. So was that a? It's a roundabout way of saying it's not good. It's not good. I think social media is good. I think you do have to do proper vetting, and we need to learn how to actually dive into a topic, do some research, articulate your own thoughts. I think Twitter can be toxic. I totally agree with that. Um, I You do get a, a bit of people being keyboard warriors. It's easy to talk smack if you don't actually have to confront the person. But I think for a long time, we were taught that religion and politics are taboo topics to ever talk about. And it led to people not talking about them. Right? You never went to somebody's house and brought up religion or brought up politics. You just had dinner and enjoyed the night. And then the problem was nobody actually had real conversations. And we had a whole generation of people who never wanted to talk about anything, right? The internet can be toxic. 
if you do your own research, you can actually find some really good news, but you've got to dig deep and want to get it. And you can have some really good conversations with people who are willing to have conversations. So I think there's a mix of, yeah, it can be totally toxic, but I think there is some good out of it. Those are good points, guys. I mean, I, again, the book I thought was really interesting. It's really good. I mean, and they were, he was taking kind of a stance of, he was making a good point between communication and conversation. And I think some of the stuff you were saying, Louis, kind of, it's, it's flies by it in a different way than was in the book, but um, topics to talk about, but is that the right is that the right venue? Is that the right avenue? And also, the, the, he also goes into the whole issues of addiction, right? It's it's really good. I think it creates a narcissistic world. Yeah. It's a lot of, this is my online image, and then it's not really your in-person image, and it leads to a lot of people uh, fawning over others and wanting their life and... Yes, right. You know, and, and does it... And, and he's, he kind of makes an argument, you, get, you start thinking about, does it stunt... Nat development of other people being able to sit down at a table and have a conversation. The patience, for example, a small thing, but the patience it takes for to wait for somebody to finish their point in a live conversation so that you can then respond. All that right. goes away over text, over Reddit posts, over what have you. There's another really good book called uh, Bowling Alone by Robert Putnam. Interesting. And he talks about, this came out years ago, but it's a classic. He talks about the disappearance of social groups, right? Like our parents' generation yes. had bowling leagues and yes. church groups and activities, and that's where you went and there talked to people and conversed. There you go. And bowling alone is the euphemism for we don't have those groups anymore. Totally. We're doing everything either within your little family unit and not going to neighborhood events and not that's doing all, anything. That's like all that. that kind of stuff is mixed into what's in this book. It's really, yeah, that's good. I and, like that. And this book came out probably well before social media was even a thing. Interesting. But it was just talking about the divergence from bowling, any of that. Yeah, I read, I read it in college in one of my poli-sci classes, but it's kind of one of those books that's withstood the test of time. It makes a lot of good points. It's a thicker book. It's a little bit of a read, but I like that. it's a I'll great to, point. We, we, don't, we don't have any of those. We don't have any civic engagement Correct. anymore. Correct. Even <laughs> groups like the Lions Club, uh, exactly. Knights of Columbus, yeah. all these different civic groups. It's like an old person thing. Exactly. You know? It's fa fascinating. It got me thinking. Thought I'd toss it out. Good, 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 hey, Louie, good, good luck with your HOA meeting after this. <laughs> yeah. That's where I'm going to partake oh, in my civic engagement. <laughs> Let's, um, the oligarchy. Oh, man. The, the, the rule of the few. The, the, is that what the O stands for in HOA? <laughs> oligarchy. I like that. It's a little fiefdom that committees have. Wow. Um, okay, let's um, let's just uh, get this last one in here. I got to be honest, this one surprised me a little bit. So, but I'm really curious, your guys is am I, am I missing something? What's the angle here? Probably, here, probably. Here's the topic: Did California just abolish single family zoning? So this comes from Reason on uh, September 19th. It talks about ADUs, accessory dwelling units. They say in the waning days of 2019 legislative session, state lawmakers passed a series of bills loosening up zoning rules governing ADUs. 
accessory dwelling units, sometimes known as granny flats or in-law right. suites. These reforms, which build on legislation passed in 2016, put additional limits on the powers of local governments to regulate ADUs to death and allow more homeowners to convert their garage or tool shed into affordable rental housing. Let me just give you the two kind of big bills and then we'll bat it around. AB 68, it lets homeowners build up two ADUs on their property by right. That means local governments don't have the discretion to deny these projects or impose additional conditions on their approval outside of what's already spelled out in the city's zoning code. AB 881 and SB 13, they prohibit local governments from requiring that an owner occupy the new units and reduce the fees homeowners can be charged to build them. What are your thoughts? Um, environmental regulations and studies mm-hmm. are what's going to really kneecap these uh, these bills and these situations because that's what is happening now, and they have not gone away. Are you making? Are you subtly making the argument then? They they felt good bringing these bills forward because they look good, but they knew that this wouldn't actually the, improve the situation. They look good, and actually, they will do good. Okay, given in the in whatever particular uh, particular environment that they're uh, being fixed in. So, like okay. we say, downtown Los Angeles area, you want to build homes. No one's going to be caring about the spotted lizard from wherever. Right, no one's going to be doing a study uh, to make right. sure that they're probably not well taken care of. Whereas you do this kind of work in the back country, right. as you would call it, yeah, there, there's going to be a lot of uh, nimbiers out there who don't want additional units to be built because it lowers their property value. Of course, so one can argue one side or the other on how this is going to help. But this, in general, not only it looks good, it does feel good, and I think it will do good, especially when it combats our homeless situation. Increased square footage means increased assessment means increased property tax. Great point. See, there you go. There's the angle I was looking for. I mean, why not? Why not let you put some more square footage on your lot, and then we reassess it, and then and you're going to probably have to get a reassessment Right. And oh, 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 on your main? Yeah. Pro- oh. oh, totally. See, this is why I bring these things to the podcast, <laughs> okay. because these are the insights we need. How many, how many people have been paying the same tax because of Prop 13 for forever because they haven't sold their house? For sure. So there hasn't been a reassessment. And so this will trigger This that. is a major remodel that will trigger a reassessment of the property. Boom. Right? So You're now you got a bunch of Prop 13ers that are going to have reassessments done. But- Okay, devil's advocate, isn't this, doesn't this increase beds? Doesn't this increase units? Doesn't this increase supply? Oh, sure. But, but so, okay, I build my ADU. Okay. I want to rent it out. But am I subjected to now all the rent control laws? Oh, for sure. And what's my return on it? For sure. And am I going to use it to put my own family in it? Or am I actually going to rent it out to somebody? Or am I going to Airbnb it? Which is probably... maybe I make more on the Airbnb by paying a TOT tax than... Actual have to pay. Which in areas of Santa Barbara, that's not allowed to right. do Airbnb. Right. So, so I, you know, it's interesting to see. I always want, as a policy guy, I always want to know what is the intent. Right. Is the intent to get more homeless off the street and make more available rental space? You would say no? Because this? I don't think that's what this does. No. How? Okay. Okay. So let's, let's. I think it alleviates some of the problems of many people squatting in the same home 
people who live in garages, af- things yeah. like that. People who oh, can okay. afford the home. It'll be all intra intra um, lot. Or is what you're saying. It that, solves the millennial issue of kids living at home until they're forty. But not really now at home. Like mom like and dad can build them a flat. Interesting. Or the aging population, you now have a flat for granny. Interesting. Or grandpa, right? So I mean, I don't think this Plus, you got to have enough land to put an accessory dwelling unit. Absolutely. Right. And we see a lot of places like down in the LA area. They're There's al- no way. They're already going through the process of getting a, a, a lot split, right? They'll put like two or three townhomes right. where a home used to be. They're already shoehorning. In LA, for instance, almost every empty lot or housing area that gets bought ends up turning into some R4 large residential multi-family dwelling unit. I mean, everything, all these areas of like the San Fernando Valley used to be awesome single family dwellings are now giant apartment complexes Totally, and they're fitting them on these postage stamps. That's what you're going to see. I I don't think ADUs are going to solve the problem. Uh, And there's got to be a backdoor. California is not that cool. They're not that nice, <laughs> but, you, to you. but you. But you could see where I got suckered, or at least like this is interesting. They're 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 allowing oh, totally. supply increase, but I want right? to I want to know why. Uh, no, I I hear what, you. I hear you. What's in it for them? Totally with the reassessment of property. Taxes. <laughs> I got to think part of it is you got to get people to want to do something big to their property so we yeah. can re- get in there and reassess it. Yeah. The numbers that came out for Los Angeles was about two thousand units that were created uh, just last year. So. Does this increase the values of a lot of the homes? Not really. Maybe a thousand at the most. It depends most on the square of footage cre- of it. Yeah, uh, it depends on are they creating one unit or two units? What are they creating? Probably just over a thousand uh, new properties are being reassessed for their value. And, and you've got to have a chunk of land to do this with. So there's that. And it's also not. It's not a like a panacea, like super cheap. There was a Ventura County Star article on. November 17th, California housing legislation seeks to make it easier to build accessory dwelling units. So there was a gentleman in Oxnard who did this, went through the whole process. There was a $2,000 application fee, but additional building fees brought the total to about 11 grand. And he estimated when he moved in two months ago after doing the whole thing, 150 grand. So, and he was, he was juxtaposing that with, it would have been, you know, finding another house for their situation would have been 500k 600k so cheaper but it's also not this oh you know 10 grand then you've got a new even if you knew a buddy who could build it right it's still not some but again so you're stifling any kind of liquidity that's in the system right because he's not buying a $500,000 house right you're not making $500,000 selling your house right you're not now moving somewhere else. I mean, everything's all got in, some kind of integration to it. it. And this is all, back to that point, this is all inner lot. Like, people were right. already on the lot. They're just moving to a different part of the lot. You're building it for people who already live. And I mean, well, let's, yeah. and then let's say he's added a hundred grand to his land value over the course of time. Sure. Now he's got to find someone that can spend that increased cost on his house. Like, I, for the granny unit and everything. Right. right. That's I, true. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's really, getting to the crux of we need to build more. We need to build more actual single-family dwellings, not accessory dwelling units. And this is, again, this is why we talk about these things on the podcast. Well, I mean, if we built the built the new units and they'd be reevaluated, uh, whatever they're worth in whatever area they're built in, you'd still get the tax money. So I don't see what... Uh, true. I don't see how it really shakes up there. 
because if we just fix Louie's home and we plop another bedroom on it or rental, big whoop de doo you're going to get a little piece of that, whereas you had a fresh piece of land and a modern home, it's probably worth a whole lot more. Oh, totally. There you go. Yeah. So I don't see, you know, if, we, if tax money was what they were after, build the damn stupid homes. Well, but not like where Santa Barbara got space to do that. Well, city proper, right? Nope. A lot of these cities don't have anywhere to go. Nope. So they're building up the existing lots. Yep. Right. right? Converting. Yeah, they're right. converting or they're converting uh, apartments right. into condos right. or something like that because they're right. out of space. L.A. doesn't have a bunch of space. L.A. city proper, a bunch of space to just build right. 5,000 homes, you know? Right. All right. That's all I got. Quick and easy. Good topics, good show. Thanks for listening. Refer your friends. Um, we're getting more popular. We've got like almost seven thousand downloads, which is kind of crazy. Weird. Uh, find us on Apple, iTunes, the Google Play Store, our website, calistreaming.com, C A L I streaming.com. Participate in the discussion. We're on social media, even though it's toxic. <laughs> it's very toxic. We're part of the toxicity. Uh, but if if you if you if you message us and we return a reply, that's probably Louie because he loves his uh, he loves his rants. Well, somebody's got to monitor the the email system. He loves his rants. Tell your friends, tell your family. We enjoy all the comments. And uh, Bobby, leave them with their message. Uh, don't forget to burn it all down. <laughs>